Good evening, everyone. We are wrapping up our series, Honor God. Today, we're wrapping it up with this uh, topic, to honor God with your wealth. Let me read to you Proverbs chapter 3. I'll start reading verse 9 to 10, but I'll be preaching from the entire chapter 3. So I'd like for you to open your Bibles, your digital Bibles, or better yet, your, your Bible Bibles. <laughs> And when you're there, type the word Bible on the comment section down below. Bible. Type it right there. Let everyone know that you've got your Bibles ready and you are going to read the Scriptures along with everyone else watching today. Alright? There you go. Great. So let's read. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 to 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth. And with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will be bursting with wine. God, we pray that we gain wisdom today as we study your word. Holy Spirit, illuminate your word to us that we may honor you with our lives. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now, um, I'd like for the, the scripture, verse 9 to 10, to stay right there. And I'd like for you to just observe the scriptures as I see some issues from the two verses that we just read from chapter 3. Three issues I see or challenges that I see are, are as follows. The first, we are challenged by verse 9 to honor the Lord with our wealth. It's something that we embrace we christians we like that but the challenges are real in varying degrees for each one of us when it's time to put this to action that's the first issue i see from the scripture we are challenged by verse 9 second we value the promise more than the promise giver there may be times when we look at this and we're like wow i'd sure like my barns to be filled yes Give me the plenty. I'd like the vats to be bursting with wine. I want that. But we forget that the ultimate reward is the promise giver. But we get too distracted by the promise. Now the third issue I see as I observe the first two verses I read earlier is this. That we think verse 9 is a means to get verse 10. Alright, so look at the scripture so you know what I'm trying to say. We think verse 9 is a means to get verse 10. Alright, honor the Lord with your wealth so that your barns will be filled with plenty. Now, of course, this is a promise that will happen, but we think that it's kind of like give and take. It's kind of like a universal promise that when you do it, you're sure to get this. Now, We've done this many times. And if you're a Christian practicing generosity, you know that the results don't come in all the time. And therefore, there's, there's like a disappointment, right? When the promise doesn't come, we think it's like a give and take. Like, Lord, I will give this so that I will honor you so that. Now, God is a good provider. He is true to His promises. Sometimes... We use this verse to hijack God and say, God, 
I honored you so. Now, the book of Proverbs is a book of wisdom. And I believe we'll be addressing these three issues from this book of wisdom. But let me start by saying this. Honoring God with your wealth is wise. It is wise. Why? You might be asking, why? Or you might be asking, um, so what? What's in it for me? Why put so much premium on wisdom? Well, my prayer is that as we study the Word, as the Word is preached, your eyes may be enlightened. We will receive wisdom that's not of this world, but it's that that's from above. Now, there are three things that I'd like to propose to, this, to you as you watch this, and this will serve as your outline. The first thing that we, I want to propose, first statement I want to propose, is this. The wisdom behind, we want to look at the wisdom behind honoring God with your wealth. We want to look at the value of wisdom. And we want to see the wisdom of God in making a way for the abundance. Let, let's talk about the wisdom behind honoring God with your wealth. Verse 9. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Verse 10, then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. See, honoring God with your wealth means this. You will worship faithfully, you will spend wisely, you will give generously, and you will invest rightly. Let's talk about that one by one. First, worshiping God faithfully. Now, you see a story in Genesis chapter 4, verse 2 to 4, talking about Cain and Abel. Now, Cain brought some of the fruits, all right? Some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord, some. Abel, on the other hand, brought, also brought an offering, but he brought fat portions and some, and of course, from the firstborn, all right? Now, because of this, the Lord looked with favor on Abel on his offering. What made Abel bring his best to God, made him worship God faithfully, excellently, if you may. It's this. It's faith. Now, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4 even says that by faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous. God commending him by accepting his gifts, and through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. See, giving and worshiping God with your wealth, worshiping God faithfully and excellently with your wealth, really is an issue of faith. Right? It's an issue of faith. God doesn't deserve our leftovers, friends. And God also doesn't need our wealth for him to operate. But here's what happens. He is pleased with our faith. So as we worship God from our hearts, giving our wealth, God is pleased. Not with the amount of your money, but with your faith. He is pleased with that. So spend, now, honoring God with your wealth is not just an issue of, you know, um, giving your tithes and offering. Um, but it also is about spending wisely, as I mentioned earlier, spending wisely, investing rightly, and giving generously. Now, I'm not a, you know, I'm not a 
speaker on finance and there are lots of resources you can find about spending wisely, investing rightly, and even giving generously. Um, but here's what I have to say. And let me just sum up everything with a quote from John Wesley. And he says this, First, gain all you can. Secondly, save all you can. Then, give all you can. All right? Now, that's, that brings purpose and puts purpose on us wanting and claiming the abundance that God has for us. That we can first gain, not just for the sake of greed, but so that we can save and give all that we can. Spending wisely, investing rightly, and giving generously. So now, we talked about the wisdom behind honoring God with your wealth. Now, let's talk about the value of wisdom. Why is wisdom so important? Now, we're still at chapter 3, but let me go now to verse 13 and 14. In verse 13 and 14, it says this, Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. For the gain from her is better than gain from silver and her profit better than gold. You see here a contrast and a comparison. Not a contrast, but rather a comparison between wisdom, all right? The value of wisdom and the value of money. And, and of course, the one speaking here is King Solomon. Not only was he known to be the wisest, okay, king of Israel, but he was one of the richest, <laughs> one of the most successful ones. And he was really rich, King Solomon. He was really rich. However, even if he amassed all the riches right, in his kingdom, he still saw that wisdom was more valuable than money. And this is something we know, but we forget many times. When the opportunity arises to give, when the opportunity arises to invest, we, at times, are tempted to act unwisely. You know, not, having, um, not, not being able to control our need to spend, to purchase. Not being able to just have that control. Right? We, at times, we may exchange the love of money our integrity, meaning we exchange our love for money from our love for God. See, friends, wisdom is of greater value than money. Now, this doesn't mean that we have to hate money. That's not what I'm saying here. But it's really showing the true value of wisdom. Wisdom is something that we must run after because it teaches us the purpose of money. And how to honor God with it as well. Wisdom teaches us delayed gratification. It shows us also how to bless others. It also helps us to prepare for our retirement and preparing an inheritance, right? It also teaches us to invest in the kingdom of God where your, where, where your money won't run out. Are you spending more time trying to earn or enjoying your money than spending time in God's Word. See, wisdom wants us to acquire as much of it 
There's no such thing as being greedy from learning from God. <laughs> are you striving to earn money or are you finding a way to grow and give your money? Wisdom teaches you that. So friends, value wisdom more than money. Now the third is this. It's, we want to look at from um, Proverbs chapter 3 is this. The wisdom of God in making a way for the abundance. We also see that all throughout chapter 3 and all throughout the scriptures. Now, let's, let me just say, if probably you could look at your Bibles right now. And I'd like for you to observe verse 1 to 10. I'll try to have it on the screen. I'm not sure if it will fit. But I want you to look at chapter 3, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1 to 10. And here's what you're going to observe when you read that. You're going to observe that all these have a condition. They, yes, they promise an abundant life, right? There's an abundance um, if you look at verse 1 to 10, but there's always a condition. There's always something that you need to do first, okay? Now, if you really, really, really look at the, these and you're honest with yourself, you see and find out on your own, you can't do the conditions stated here. So how are you going to get the abundance? Now, this is where we can thank God for making a way. When He sent Christ, when He sent God as a mediator for us, as a way for us, now we can take hold of the promises, not based on our own effort, not based on, on how we try our best to do it, because try as you may, we're not going to be able to do this on our own strength. But because of Christ, we can be partakers of the promise, even when we fail at times. Now let's go to the verses one by one. Let me show you what I was talking about. Verse 1 of chapter 3, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1. Let's go back to verse 1. It says that, My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. Verse 2, For the length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. So, see, if you do not forget the teachings and you let your heart keep the commandments, there would be length of days and years and there will be peace added to us. But, we all know this, that we fail to remember His Word many times. And we fail to keep it in our hearts at times. And that's why Christ, the Word who became flesh, dwells in our hearts through His Spirit. Now, we can have abundant life and abundant peace through Christ. Not by trying to accomplish this so we could get peace. An abundant life. No, through Christ we get that. Look at verse 3 this time. Verse 3 of chap Proverbs chapter 3. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Okay, here's the promise. Verse 4. So you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Oh man, we like verse 4. But remember, we look at verse 3. There's a condition. And, to th and the truth about it is, our love fails to be steadfast to the Lord. 
We cannot accomplish God's standard of faithfulness. We can't. We can't really do that. And that's why through Christ, God displays His steadfast love and righteousness. Now we can have abundant favor with God and man through Christ alone. Now we can receive this abundance. We could receive the blessings, the promise of Proverbs chapter 3. Verse 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Okay, that's the instruction. That's, the, that's what it says. Here's the promise. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. And at times, this is true for us. We fail to trust in an unseen God. We tend to still trust in our own wisdom and capacity at times. But see, that's why Jesus took the path to the cross so that we can be acknowledged as children of God as we trust in Him. As we trust in Him. As a child, when you become a child of God, that enables you to trust Him even more. Why? Because now you don't just see God as a high being up there who is just, you know, powerful and mighty, who can make all your wishes come true. No, you see Him as a Father. So you learn to trust in His love for you, in His timing. You learn to trust Him, though things aren't happening right, you know, right now, right away. You learn to trust Him because He made a way for you to be his child. And now, we can make our path straight. Now look at this. Verse 7. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Here's the promise. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Now, here's what's true. The fear of man competes with the fear of the Lord many times, resulting for us, resulting in us succumbing and following and compromising, following what is evil. But see, this fleshly weakness has been dealt with by one whose flesh was torn for the transgressions of many. Now we can receive healing from sin and be refreshed from deep within and take a stand against all evil. Now again, this is through Christ alone. And now we land on verse 9 and 10, which, where we, which is how we started all this. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with your first fruits and all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. If you look at this, verse 1 8, observe this. They show that we cannot really do this on our own. And therefore, all these promises would have been impossible to receive. But I'd like for you to focus on that idea of first fruits. God gave His best first. Remember, in 1 Corinthians 15, 20, Paul says, Jesus is the first fruit from the dead. Right? It, dis it displays God giving His best first. In Colossians chapter 118, it says that Jesus was the firstborn from the dead. It's a display of God's promise of redemption, the promise of resurrection 
for all of us. See, because God gave His best first, the most reasonable response is to honor Him in everything, including our wills. See, that's the heart of the matter, friends. It's still understanding the gospel. It's not looking and applying the, the Proverbs and saying, okay, let me try and do this so that I can get what I want. The promises from God. Gawin ko na lang to para makuha ko yung gusto ko kay Lord. No. It's understanding that, hey, you know what? The condition stated here, I can't do. But because of what Christ has done, He made a way for the promises to be fulfilled in my life and for me to participate in honoring Him the best way I can. And now, my offering is acceptable. And I'm able to make the offering. That's what the gospel teaches us. Now, if you look at Proverbs chapter 3, as I land this, let's look at verse 33 to 35, which is the closing, right? Or let's read that. As I land, let's read chapter 33 to 35. The Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked, but He blesses the dwelling of the righteous. Towards the scorners, He is scornful, but to the humble, He gives favor. The wise will inherit honor, but fools get disgrace. Now, through the righteousness that God placed on us, we are blessed. We could say, we could claim verse 33 and say we are blessed. Why? Because we are made righteous by Christ. Now, through humility, we receive the promise of favor, right? As well in verse 34. Towards the scorn, he is scornful, but to the humble, he gives favor. So as we humble ourselves to what Christ has done on the cross and say, you know what? I can't acquire or I can't receive the promises of God on my own strength. But as we humble ourselves and say, God, Jesus, you're the only way for me to receive the promise, then favor will come. We could claim the promise of favor. And how about wisdom? How about honor, rather? Verse 35, uh, the wise will inherit honor, but fools get disgrace. See, it's through wisdom that we will inherit honor. Right? It's through wisdom that we will inherit honor. So here's what we can learn as I close. The gospel is the wisdom of God. That makes us honor Him from our hearts and respond by giving from the heart. Again, the gospel is the wisdom of God that makes us honor Him from our hearts and respond by giving from the heart. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. We thank you, God, that your word is light and it truly gives wisdom. Thank you, Lord God, that as we go through the pages of Scripture, we see your wisdom all throughout. We see the gospel, Lord God. Guide us in finding out what is true from each page of the Scripture. And we ask you, Holy Spirit, that you allow us to move 
and respond in giving you our best because we know you gave your best first. I pray for everyone watching this today who is struggling to give, to bless, to use their money wisely. Father, thank you that your word, the gospels, will empower them, Lord God, to do what is right, to do what honors you. I pray, Lord God, as they just meditate on your word and they spend time in prayer. Father, thank you, Lord God, that your spirit, Lord, will move in their hearts and allow them to honor you with their wealth. We thank you, Lord. Bless them, O God. Bless them indeed. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you, and we'll see you next week.